Welcome to episode two of I Am Sitting on Your Hat. I'm Troy. And I am Andy, and I am sitting on your hat. Won't get off and tell you. Ha 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 ha, that was not a real laugh. It was only half. Half half. Ha ha ha. <laughs> you remember the I'm sure you remember the sing songy way you said that. I do remember it. Let me see. It goes I am sitting on your hat, won't get off until you laugh. Ha ha ha. That was not a real laugh. That was, was only half half half. Ha ha ha. Haunts my dreams. Yep. Sorry. And if you listen to the first episode, then you know all about that. Yeah, there's there's a lot I should apologize for. Maybe we'll do maybe <laughs> that could be an episode. It's like today we just apologize for all the things. <laughs> and so <laughs> our great apology tour. The great apologies. Like the uh referencing back to the first episode of the some of the mischief that we caused during our nights out. Mm -hmm. We traumatized a lady um, by scaring the crap out of her by beating on her basement window. <laughs> she was watching a jazz game. Okay. And as teenager, teenage boys tend to do, we were peeking in windows. Not looking for anything nefarious or anything weird. Just, you know, not bedroom windows. Right. We were just seeing who was down there. We saw the glow. It was late at night. We're like, who's in there? There's this lady. She was reclined watching jazz game. And we looked at each other without even <laughs> saying a word. <laughs> and he looked at, I think he looked at me and said, you do it. I'm like, all right. And so I just beat on that window <laughs> as hard as I could. And I just roared. Just <laughs> And she jumped up screaming, <laughs> and we took off, and next thing we know, she's screaming out the door, and we were just dying. Oh, it was so funny. But I'm sure she, <laughs> she was traumatized from there on, so I apologize. That's my first apology <laughs> to was, the... Was it in our neighborhood or his? It was in his in neighborhood. Okay. I could take you right to that house <laughs> this day. And I'm not sure if she still lives there. She probably moved after that from yeah. the uh, <laughs> horrible people that are beating on her windows late at night. But <laughs> Oh, man. There's a lot of stuff I think it's going to come out during these episodes. Oh, that... sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I want them to, but I can't stop my mouth sometimes. So <laughs> might just happen. So I apologize again in advance <laughs> if I happen to offend. <laughs> All right. Um, so, in the last episode, we we briefly mentioned uh, Brent. We did. Yeah. Let me tell you about Brent. Um, he was our mom's boyfriend. That's the only way to say it. You Question have mark? to say boyfriend. Yes. I mean, uh, boyfriend turned platonic. Turned nothing. Yeah. Over the span of 25, 30 years? Man friend. Man friend. That's a good one. Because <laughs> I can't even remember. Friend the man friend. I honestly can't remember how old I was when he came into the picture. I think I was three. You were three. Mm -hmm. So you were probably nine. Okay. So 
Well, I would have been, yeah, I would have been 10. 10. So it would have only been a couple of years after the divorce then when he first came into the picture. Yeah. Because up until then, I do remember, I wouldn't say it's a revolving door, but several guys <laughs> that came and went through our mom's life when right. she tried to uh, get sure. back into the dating scene, sure. which was weird and awkward, um, especially when we got sat down on the couch to be introduced mm. To the latest guy, and that was unpleasant. But I uh, don't remember that. And I have no memory of Brent coming into the picture. He was just always been there. Oh, yep. He was always there. I don't know where they met. I don't know that whole story. I have no clue. He I was. It was just, a, I think it was a dance. A dance. I think it was like some sort of church dance. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Maybe it was an actual club because I know she went to the bay a did couple she? times. She did, and he the, did. Where was the bay? The bay was downtown. What was the bay? When was the bay? <laughs> the I, if I'm not mistaken, the bay was a club in downtown Salt Lake. Um, near, I want to say West Temple or Maine. Down there off of like 3rd or 4th South. Huh. I think the building is still there. But uh, it was for the older set. Right. right. I think there was an upstairs, downstairs situation. And uh, I swear they were both at the bay. Or they went there. Realize saying that, if it was when they met, they were around our age at the time. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess they were. Yeah. And that makes it even all the more awkward to say boyfriend because if I, and I'm not saying this will happen, <laughs> got divorced and started dating again in my 40s, yeah, I would have a hard time referring to the person I was with as a girlfriend. Sure. But I... Yeah, I but know. How else would you say it? How else would you say it? The person I'm dating. That's what you would have to say. But uh, so, yes, our mom was dating this man. Yeah. It was the man she was dating. Yes. The Her, man, Brent the man friend. Brent the man friend was always in our lives. He shall now be known as for the remainder of this podcast. Um, so, here's the thing with Brent. He owned, he, he was, well, he was cowboy very much so yeah um always had the pliers in his pocket for some reason in a holster and he's one of those guys that had the holster pliers yeah always you never know when emergency will come up and you'll need pliers you need those if only someone had pliers someone would say <laughs> and he'd rush in like the hero he was <laughs> in his button-down striped shirt and <laughs> tight jeans tight jeans big belt buckle um, and he and his family owned a tractor dealership. Case Tractors, mm -hmm. which I'm not sure even a thing anymore. <sighs> and their company is it? Company's gone, right? Yeah, it's now a heating and air conditioning place. Um, but he was fairly financially well off. Yes. Um, not not super wealthy, but he he did okay. 
he could actually, he lived off the interest of his bank accounts. Is that what it was? That's how well off he was. He, he didn't, yeah, he didn't touch the bulk of his accounts. He just lived off interest. Wow. Okay. So, which is something because when I see my bank account come through and my dividend interest is like a dollar thirty. Yeah. Yeah. I just it throws it into <laughs> that much more stark contrast or just amazed at what would have been in those accounts. So Yeah, mine comes in, it's like three cents. Oh there you go. Great. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Um so because of that, we ended up traveling a lot. Now at the time um, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think if we were to go back to a lot of the places that he took us to now, yes, it would be so much more enjoyable, much more entertaining, much more interesting than so what we it went, was. We went to so many museums across the West. West and Midwest. Yeah. I'd say everything... And maybe you can correct me on this, but I think with him, we hit every state at least west of, I'd say, Ohio or Nebraska. I think yeah. every state, well, except Te I never went to Texas with him. I know mom did. They ended up in Texas at one point. I never went to Texas with him, but I know he was there okay. with her at one point. But every other state yeah. <laughs> he took us to, for sure. Now, also, it it's, should be known that we never flew. We did not. We drove. These were all road trips. And the transportation evolved over time. At first, we were driving around in a pickup in his, uh, did he drive a Ford or Dodge? It was a Chevy. It was a, how did I forget? <laughs> it was the Chevy. It was a Chevy. That's right. That's right. That's right. His whole family drove. It wasn't even an extended cab Chevy. Yeah. It was just your straight bench seat, yeah. one bench seat <laughs> pickup truck that yeah. we all just kind of piled into yep. in the front seat. So we're driving thousands of miles. There's him, there's mom, there's me, there's you. That's right. That's all. That was always the order. That's what it was. Drive thousands of miles to visit these these museums visit national parks visit everything and there was always another reason we were doing it that's true he never did it just because he wanted to go more often than not it was for business yes usually his tractor business he had contacts tractor contacts in every it seemed like every outflung city you yep. could imagine he knew somebody out there yep. that needed a tractor or owned a tractor mm -hmm. or was looking to sell a tractor <laughs> and that's why we were there yep we were there to make that transaction and in the meantime we made the stops mm -hmm. from what i remember that's how these little trips played out that makes sense because i remember touring a tractor warehouse and being one of the worst experiences of my life because I remember coming out having uh, the worst headache I've ever had. <laughs> I remember being nauseous because of the oil and stuff that I was smelling constantly. Oil and diesel, whatever the heck it was. 
it, it was a tractor plant. It was when they plant yeah. where they built the yes. actual tractor, the Case Tractor Plant. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, in Hannibal, Missouri. I think it was Missouri. Yeah, it was definitely that trip. Yeah, it was because that was the same trip where we were down on the river. We took the steamboat. Yep. We did the Mark Twain caves. Yep. We went through all that. Yep. Okay. Yep. That was definitely a tractor trip, for sure. <laughs> but remember, we did leave with stadium seats. We did. And by that, I mean a cushion with a handle <laughs> that said case on it. <laughs> so they were prepared for the kids that came through mm -hmm. because kids love stadium seats. They do. They do. <laughs> Here, kid, next time you're sitting in the bleachers. <laughs> Here you go. Remember Case. Represent Case. <laughs> uh, so, when you think of, of friends and the trips we took, I'm almost afraid to ask this, but what is the trip that comes to mind? What's the one trip that comes to mind? Okay. There is one, and you may be leading to this, but there is... The most infamous trip we had that immediately springs to mind. But before I mention that, mm -hmm. there are some honorable mentions and some runners-up sure. to be stated here. The most terrifying trip was hauling a swather. Now, if you know what a swather is, good for you, because I cannot remember. I know the name. Mm-hmm. I think it was just one long plow-type machine, but hauling it behind his truck, and it took up all four lanes of the highway, both directions that we were traveling. Yeah. And it was in the middle of a snowstorm. And that swather kept... There it is. Yeah. Yep, so it's that piece... I'm looking at it on his phone right now. It's that plow piece right there. Right. That he was hauling behind him in a snowstorm. Yep. And it kept pulling the truck. That's right. I remember that. But the thing is, he never slowed down. He did not. <laughs> he, was a, he was the kind of guy that was convinced he was the greatest driver mm -hmm. ever. And nothing would go wrong ever. And so he drove that way. Yeah. He didn't care if you were in the way or coming the other direction. No, no. He was he was coming. Yeah. So you move. That's the way it is. Because he's hauling the swather. Yep. And that thing started pulling us off the road in a snowstorm, and I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I remember ducking down. We did have an extended cab at this time. That's right. We were in the back. We were in the back. You were there. I was there. Okay. And... uh I I cowered behind the behind the seat and put a blanket over my head because I was convinced I was gonna die mm -hmm. and I didn't want to see it coming. But that's the most honorable mention for me. Right. Um, so before I get into my big memory, because it it is it's it's a story. It is. It's a story. What about you? What is because. I mean, there were times where I wasn't in the picture. Yeah. Either I, I, I was gone, I was doing something else, but you still went on. Or just didn't want to. Or didn't want to. Yeah. But uh, you went on several trips with them that I didn't go, that I, did. I didn't go on. Yep. 
And so maybe you have one that meant something to you that I just didn't know about, wasn't a part of. Um, I, even though I'm, I, I mentioned it as being a bad experience, I do remember going up into the Missouri, Illinois area. That was fun. It's actually a fun trip. But the one that always sticks out to me is when we took the whole family, not just four of us, but all, all the whole family down to Goblin Valley. Yes. Um, because that is where we played one of the cruelest pranks on our mom we've <laughs> ever played. That's right. It we, was, as brothers, yeah. the three of us. Yeah. So it wasn't just me and you, but it was me, you, and our older brother, Guy. That's part of the reason I remember it, because he was in on it, too. He was. And we had, like you said, I think the nieces were there with us. Everybody was there. And we all, grandparents? I think so. Because we were all in the motorhome. It was a motorhome at the time. That See, we had evolved then. To we had evolved past the pickups. Yep. And now we're in a motorhome. But yes, I remember the prank you're talking about. So, <laughs> okay. set it up. We're in Goblin Valley. And if you've never seen Goblin Valley, if you've seen Galaxy Quest, that planet they go down with the weird little sharp teeth creature and the rock monster. That's right. That's Goblin Valley. That's right. The Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman vehicle yeah. from the 90s. Yeah. Um, and so the three of us went off and we started to wander around. They gave us a walkie-talkie to keep in keep in touch, which came into play later. <laughs> and we ended up hiking uh, up this mountain, essentially. It was. It was a good size. And for some reason, when we got up there, we... It doesn't make sense now, but we couldn't find a way back down. We thought, yeah, I, I, okay. <laughs> so we thought the only way to get down, even though we came from a different direction, was to head down a flat cliff face. The face of the mountain. <laughs> where we basically had to, you know, free climb yeah. or free rappel yeah. down this cliff face. And I, I'm with you. It's like, why didn't we just turn around and go back the other way? Yeah. I think about that now. It makes no sense. <laughs> so what ends up happening is Guy ends up pulling like a billy goat, and he starts going down the side of the mountain, <laughs> down the face of this mountain. He gets about, I don't know, five feet, and he's like, um, I think I'm stuck. I remember that. He said, you guys going without me. <laughs> I'm uh -huh. stuck. And so that's, I think that's when we ended up with the walkie-talkie saying, you know, this is where we are. We're in this position. It was one of those things where we were waving, hey, can you see us? That's right. We, we let them know where we were yeah. prior to this happening. We got on the walkie-talkie, can you see us? And yeah. they saw us. Yes. Now, I was, in, I was recently in Goblin Valley, very recently. And so from what I remember from where we were at the time, there's a place you park, all these parking spaces, mm -hmm. and they were there with the motorhome. Yes. And so we had gone off actually down into the valley area, and they stayed with the motorhome. So when we were on top of this plateau, <laughs> on top of this mountain, we were waving down at the parking lot where they were, Yeah. and they could see us, and maybe one of the nieces got on the radio, hello, I can see you in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so they knew where we were, and they knew the semi-precarious position that we may end up in 
So yes, guy was down there. I think I'm stuck because I think he went down, like hand, like trying to Spider Man it in between these two little narrow areas. Well, yeah, and I have a memory of him like his back was to the mountain, and he was bracing himself like Spider Man <laughs> onto the side of this mountain, and that's why he was stuck because he couldn't go down. Because it was too steep and he couldn't get back up because yeah. he didn't have the strength to do it. There was nowhere to grab or to pull himself back up. So was it, how did he get back up? Did you help him? Did I, did I help him? Maybe both of us, but at one point we were able to get him out of the yes. position. Yes, yes, yes. And back up with us. So we started walking down and we thought, you know, it'd be funny. <laughs> what if, I, I don't even know if we talked about it or if you guys just started doing this. But I think it was Guy that kicked it off. Yeah, and he was he was had the walkie-talkie. You're saying he's kind of panicking, saying Troy stuck. For some reason, it was me. Troy stuck. We we can't get to him. We we don't know what to do. And this just started this runner of you know. I think at some point I might have broken my leg. <laughs> I may have fallen and broken my leg or something. And what's funny, what's funny about this is we were saying all these things while holding down the button yeah. to walkie-talkie. Yeah. And so that wasn't a red flag for him. Like, no, not at all. Why are they talking into the walkie-talkie? Because <laughs> we were panicking on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. We were saying things like, all right, well, you try to grab him and, you know, this kind of thing. While we're holding down the, the walkie-talkie button so they could yeah. hear us. And what's funny is that they believed us on the other end. Yeah. Nobody stopped to think, why are they talking into the walkie-talkie yeah. and saying these things? Because a normal person, if you were, if your leg was broken, you're not going to hold the button down the walkie-talkie and say, are you okay? Yeah. You know, but that's the kind of thing we were doing just to throw them into a panic. <laughs> and they started responding on the radio. Where are you? Do you need help? <laughs> How how can we get to you? We can't see you anymore. Yeah. And so then we just started, you know, talking a little bit, then let go of the talk button and talking a little bit. So it ended up really, is he, can he help? You know, and, and breaking it up. And they were just in a panic. Yeah. And if I remember, Guy started it off because despite what people think, he is one of those people that will kick off mischief yes. or a practical joke with the straightest face. If you're in on it, you'll know because uh -huh. he'll put you in on it with a look. But he's one of those people that will, and he gets enjoyment out of it. Yes. Of just, you know, causing people to go off into this panic. <laughs> and so, yeah, he started, and then we just played off of it, all of us. And so I think by the time we got back, they were in a full-blown... They were close to calling the cops. Yeah. There was nobody in the motorhome. They were wandering around, you know, pacing back and forth. <laughs> trying to find everybody. And we showed up just dying. <laughs> the funniest thing for me is that they actually believed it. Yeah. That they believed it. I just... I mean, it wasn't Oscar-worthy performance, I don't think. But why would we lie? Yeah. I mean, we... We had their trust to the point where it's like, well, it's got to be true. Sure. You know, and maybe it's a little bit of the naivete from our mother. Right. Or, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, they, mothers can be very trusting. 
to the point where you get away with a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was funny. That was a good time. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's one of the ones I I really remember. Um, Disneyland ones Disneyland. were always a good. Here's the thing with Disneyland. Yeah, and that you can back me up on this. Disneyland with Brent was an experience. Yes. Because there was a plan in place. You had to be here at this time. Right. You had to walk quickly. Yep. You had this much time. And if you didn't make it in that time, then you're SOL. You move on to the next thing. Right. And so although you're at the happiest place on earth, <laughs> you're not happy. Because you don't yep. stop. Yep. You walk like a speed walker to try to see as much as you can mm -hmm. in the shortest amount of time. Which is interesting because Brent, you wouldn't look at him and go, oh, that guy walks really quick. I bet he just speeds through life. You wouldn't think of it looking at him. No. But, man. He'd move. He could really move. So, yeah. And that, that was part, that's kind of, I don't know if it started, but at that point, but you would occasionally rebel and just start walking almost as slow as you could. You'd have to. <laughs> you would have to because if you didn't, he'd forget that you were human yeah. and that you had to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, number one, he had to make every single ride possible. Number two, he had to make every bathroom possible. Everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And so you had to... I don't know if it was a record, but I swear we made it through the entire Disneyland park in less than half a day. Oh, and, sure. Yeah, and, and I can't imagine doing that, but somehow we did it. I don't know how many rides we went on, but I remember seeing every land, everything that we could as it flew by, as we were basically running from place <laughs> to place. The only time we got to rest is when we were sitting on the train. Oh, yep, and if yep. he had the option, he would have jumped up there and crank the speed on that thing too <laughs> that was all very memorable as well um okay i i, I want to know from your perspective because yes. uh, another one i i think i want to think of brent the infamous train ride with yeah i remember the train now <laughs> yeah where was that train, first of all? Do you remember where it was? Because I was fairly young. Yes. And I remember wearing orange and white striped pants. Oh, we got Or shorts. Picture. Orange and white striped shorts. I look like fruit striped gum. Yep, we have a picture of that in this day. Yes. Now, the reason we were on this train, it started at Union Station in Ogden. That's where it started. Okay. Um, and it ran into Wyoming. Right. And the reason we were there is it was supposedly one of the oldest working steam locomotives in existence. And that's the only reason we got on it. Got it. Is not necessarily because of the rest of the train, but the engine itself. And I guess it was something because people were pulling off the side of the road and taking pictures yep. of it as it went by. That's right. I remember. And so, so we all got on it and, uh, it started off, <laughs> and um, to be entertaining, they had a what I would refer to as a roaming minstrel. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, what, I, 
I don't remember if it was a guy or if it was a if it was a lady. I think it was a woman. Okay. I think it was a woman. Okay. So she was going through singing songs and trying to get people to sing along. Um, little sing songy things. So she went through our little car where we were sitting and you know, nobody was singing along because it was just irritating. Yeah. Or at least it was irritating me. I was I don't know how old, 14, 15? Probably, yeah. At least enough to where the angst had set in. Right. I didn't want to go. Or if I did, I didn't say I wanted to go. And I wasn't going to smile for pictures. Mm -hmm. It was not going to happen. And so I remember us getting up and we went off into the open cattle car because we could. And the the door was open Mm -hmm. and you could stick your head out as the train went by. Yeah. Now, for me, at the time, I suffered from a little something called hay fever. Sure. And sticking my head out of a moving train as we go through fields in the summertime really aggravated it, Yes, to say the least. And so, by the time we made it back to our passenger car and sat down, my eyes had basically swollen shut. Mm -hmm. They were so runny. So puffy, I couldn't breathe. I was miserable. I wanted the trip to be done, <laughs> and we had just barely started. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this was going from Ogden into Wyoming on a steam locomotive. Yeah, so it was not going quickly. <laughs> and so I was sitting there, my eyes closed, trying to just cry out the allergens or whatever was going on there. And here comes the roaming minstrel. She's coming back. And she starts singing a song that wants everybody to sing along with. And this song had the chorus of, mind your own business. (laughs) (laughs) And so when she gets there, everybody joins in with the the phrase, mind your own Mm -hmm. business. She saw me. And I don't know if she thought I was crying or I was miserable or couldn't tell what was going on with my eyes and face. But she got right in my face and wanted me to sing Mind Your Own Business with her when she reached that. And so I did. I didn't sing it. I yelled it. Because I was telling her to get away and mind your own business. And so when it was my turn to sing that line, I yelled it as loud as I could to mind your own business. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so she, I think got the hint and, and for one was taken aback that I was so loud mm-hmm. and, but she got the idea and left me alone. But later she came back, you know, was playing another song and she leaned down next to me. <laughs> And it just, lady, she was pushing it, yeah, man. But yeah, that was oh, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the idea of mind your own business. Anytime somebody says that, that's the first thing I think of. Is that train ride? So in my orange and white striped pants. Yeah. (laughs) Um, one of the few times that I was not the subject of your ire. It's true. Around it was around. Once I hit 17 or 18, I really mellowed out. The angst just kind of went away. Yeah. But between the <laughs> between the ages of 
13 to 16, early 17 years old, I was not the most pleasant of individuals to be around. Especially if you were Troy. Right. Because <laughs> you the younger brother. Because, yeah. Now, if I was in a good mood, or I was with Blake, like we, like we were talking about in the last episode, you were involved and things were fine sure. and, and things were fun. But one-on-one, -on -one, it usually didn't end well for you. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was. I wasn't overly violent. No, I. No, I, no, no. I didn't hurt you. No, but I yelled. Yes, I. I was in your face. Yes, I remember distinctly yelling point blank, nose to nose, basically at you several times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and really, I was doing it to make you cry. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> That's what I was doing, and so yeah, I, I was. I was a jerk for those years, but. And so there were several trips that we took with Brent where I was in that mood. Yes. I was that Andy, and I was very unpleasant to be around. A, a short, a short um, tangent here. One of the things that really turned me around, it was about when I was 17, 16 or 17. There was a plan to go somewhere, again, with Brent. And uh, I was in one of my moods. And up until that point, it didn't matter. The mood didn't matter. I was always invited to go. Yeah. Always. And I was pretty much expected to go. But uh, at this point, I think mom had had enough. And we were talking about where we were going to go. And I, I think I said something snarky or, or something along those lines. And she turned to me and she said, listen, if this is how you're going to be, I don't want you to go. And that hit me harder than anything. Because, like I said, up till that point, I was always invited to go. And deep down, looking back, I enjoyed going. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go. But to be told that, if this is how you're going to be, I don't want you to go, that struck me as so hard. Like, wow, maybe my behavior is not appropriate right, <laughs> and I should right. look to change that. But uh, that that really kind of changed my attitude a little later in the game, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Um, I mean, before we get to the, to the Fallout trip, there were other ones like we, we went four-wheeling a bunch. Oh, hiking the grandparents up the side of a mountain. We did do that. That I, just hit me. That's right. That's right. We went to explore an abandoned mine that happened to be up the side of a mountain. Now, we took our... How old do you think they were at the time? 80s? In their 80s? 70s, 80s? 70s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they were in their 70s. And uh, our grandpa was pretty spry. Yes. For a long time. Yes. And we were in the motorhome. We were hauling four-wheelers. And he was right there with us. He was on the four-wheeler. He was driving it. He was loving it. There was no waiting for him. Nope. He was keeping up like nothing. So we made it to this mountain. And we were going to explore this mine. And we figured the only way to get to this mine was to go up the side of the mountain. Yep. No path. No footholds. There was a chain. There was a chain. <laughs> That's right. There was a chain. <laughs> An old mining chain. Yep. 
that we all just decided, hey, let's just grab hold of it. We'll pull ourselves up the side of this mountain to this yep. mine with our 70-plus-year-old grandparents. Yep. Which we thought was just the greatest idea. Good idea. Good idea. Now, we shortly realized, or about halfway up, that our grandma was struggling with this. Yes. As was the rest of us, because it was literally <laughs> up the side of a mountain yep. with a chain. I mean, picture that. There is, there's no path. There's rock and some grass and <laughs> dirt, and you're pulling yourself up by a chain. Yeah. With your seventy-plus-year-old grandparents. Yep. yep. And I remember distinctly when we got about that halfway point, and Grandma was struggling. Brent looks back at me and says, "Troy, help your grandmother." <laughs> like, uh, what? What am I supposed to do? Get behind her and push <laughs> like a stalled car. I, I'm trying to haul myself up this mountain. Like, what am I supposed to hang on one hand to the chain, other hand grandma, and pull her up action movie style? <laughs> like, what, what did he expect me to do at that point? <laughs> I can't imagine what he was thinking because you'd have to hold on to the chain with one hand, huh? pull yourself up. Uh -huh. And yet, somehow, once you've pulled grandma up next to you, let go of the chain. On this steep cliff face, mountain face, <laughs> re-grab the chain and pull uh -huh. yourself up some more while holding on to Grandma the other way. Yes. Wow. I forgot he said that. And it's not like I was an adult at the time. I was a teen. That's right. Like, I just like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You would have been what? Either 13, 14? Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But Something wow. I could... You know, piggybacker. That's right. But we did eventually make our way to the top. Yes, we did. We made it to the top. And what did we find <laughs> once we reached the top? The trail. We found the trail. <laughs> <laughs> Just to the right. Just to the right. There Toy is. Story reference. To the right in the shadows. Yep. But, you know, to the left. But still... <laughs> Just to the right in the shadows. And so, it was you and I. We we easily mm -hmm. went back down the trail and got the four-wheelers yep. and drove them back up the trail. Which took a whole five minutes. That's what I was going to say. Took less than ten minutes round trip to hike down the trail, get the four-wheelers, and drive them back up so we didn't have to kill our grandparents. Yep, yep. By having them scale the mountain face going back down the other way. Wow. Yeah. That's hilarious. Which, by the way, the mine, it was a mine, so it was closed off anyway. It was. There was an old mine car there that mom and I, in the dark, thought we could move by ourselves. <laughs> a mine car. Because <laughs> we wanted to go back further, but, yeah. An old rusted out steel mine car. Uh -huh. I'm sure you could just... Gently push and have it roll along. And we took a picture of that, and we saw it. It wasn't even on the on the tracks. It was <laughs> parallel on sitting on the tracks. So there was no way we could have moved it <laughs> if we wanted to. Oh man, that's just yeah. So that's that's one of the one of the memories that always comes to mind. That's that's 
one of the things where you bring it up, if you were there, you laugh about yeah. it. You remember it. Um, there were several trips with Brent where that happened. Um, like I said, the Swather trip, the Disneyland trips, the four-wheeling trips. Snowmobiling. The trip. snowmobiling trips. Um, the uh, I think we were mentioning this earlier, the trip to Ibapaw. Yes. Now, Ibapaw. Google Ibapaw, if you will, and, and see where this... I can't even call it a city. If it's even on the internet, it, it may not be. It may not be. I... It's a word of mouth place. I'm not even sure it has a sign saying you're there. It's like the city of the dead of the mummy that only <laughs> appears at certain points of the day. And we did show up there late at night. And so, because I remember driving in through headlights and then whoever was there opening the gate for us so mm -hmm. we can drive through. It was dead at night. And uh, we were there, I think it was just, despite what Brent was there to do, we were there to four wheel. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. And so we actually stayed on this guy's property. Mm -hmm. We didn't stay in his house. No, no. But he had accommodations for us. <laughs> for a couple of us anyway. Um, he had the murder cabin. He had the murder cabin. <laughs> and when I say that, that's exactly what it is. Go watch things like The Hills Have Eyes. Go watch any of that. Mm -hmm. When they walk up to a small little cabin where you know somebody's lurking in there to kill you, that's what this was. <laughs> and if it wasn't going to be a person, it was going to be the spiders. Yes. Because once we got in there, there were a couple beds and spiders. And spiders. <laughs> and we were expected to sleep there. Yeah. And so once those lights went off and you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no city lights, there's no street lights, I think it may have even been lit by a gas lamp. I wouldn't doubt it. In our little murder cabin. But once that went off, I don't know about you, I had a heck of a time trying to sleep out there. Yeah, it was there. pitch black. Pitch. We're, t we're talking front of your face, sticking your hand there and seeing nothing. Yeah. That's how dark it was. Yeah. And it stayed that way until the sun came up. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Didn't we take the motor home there? We may have. So why do we sleep in the murder cabin? I think because Brent wanted us to. Because uh. he and mom slept in the motor home. Oh, that's what it was. Now, let me just say this right off. Brent and my mom never did anything. No relationship-wise, as consenting adults would. Right. And so when I say they wanted to stay in the motorhome, it wasn't for that reason. It's because they didn't want to sleep in the murder cabin. Yeah. That was the reason. And they wanted the kids out of the way. Pretty much. <laughs> that, that's, what I, that's what I figured it was. So that's another memorable, memorable. But there was always something. There was always something about these trips that stuck out. Even if it was Brent opening the door and dropping what? The Gatorade bottle. A it was glass a glass Gatorade bottle. It was either, yep, his Gatorade or maybe even Snapple it. I don't know. But he'd always have one and he'd put it down next to him while he was driving. It would end up falling near the door 
And so every time we stopped at a gas station or wherever, he'd open it and it'd fall out. <laughs> on every, and you think he'd learn, but he wouldn't. Nope. It would happen every time he opened the door. Every single time. It got to the point where when we stopped, we'd look at each other and wait. And sure enough, clink as it hit the ground. <laughs> he was didn't, the joke and he didn't know it. Didn't throw it away. I just pick it back, back up and yep. put it right back in. Back in. Empty or full, didn't matter. So, <sighs> so yeah, so that's... <laughs> That's just a few of the stories of our traversing the United States with this man. We did. I mean, and we hit, we hit California. We hit Oregon. We Washington. went to Washington. We went, obviously, into Idaho. We went down to the Four Corners areas. We were in Arizona, New Mexico. Yep. We went into Colorado and Wyoming. We drove through, like you said. We were around the Missouri, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Ohio, because we had to switch out rental cars. That's right. In Ohio. Yep. Um, so, and and this was all usually on the fly. And this was before anything electronically related. All these trips were planned with paper maps. Yes, that's right. We would all pile into his apartment and he'd bust out the paper maps and trace out the route we were taking. Remember how you'd always tap the map? You'd always tap it. This is where we're, where we're going to be. <laughs> we're going to name the road. <clears throat> and then we're going to uh, yep. <clears throat> We're going to head through Ivavon. And then <clears throat> we're going <laughs> to... And so, I mean, to his credit, though, the man knew his way around. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, he, he did. I don't think he needed the map. He, he could did. take yeah. you back into... The most obscure part of any state, and he could tell you exactly where you are and how to get out. Yep. He has no pro. He has that innate sense of direction, mm -hmm. which was just insane to me. But here's another thing that I remember just now: if we were going for a purpose, for his purpose, whatever we wanted to do was always given a back seat. Yes. Yep. If not ignored entirely. Yep. There was a time where we stopped off and there was a little hike. There was a hike around. It was a rock, like a chimney. I think it was chimney rock. It may have been chimney rock. Uh, yeah. Now that I say that. He wouldn't let us do it because we didn't have time. Mm -hmm. And so we were sad. Like, oh, well, that would have been something to do. Yeah. And so we all piled back in the truck and drove away. What happened? No more than an hour later. <laughs> He drove near some place that he knew or somebody he knew. Can we stop there? Yeah, he wanted can, to talk to somebody. Can we, it's like, hey, now, wait a minute. You didn't let us stop yeah. with what we want to do. Why should we stop here now? And my memory of that was all three of us, me and you and our mom, are like, no, 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 no. We don't exactly. have time. Like, we no, don't have time. No, we don't have time for this. We're not going to go talk to your little buddy here when you wouldn't even <laughs> let us take this little short little... Yep. You know, a hike around Chimney Rock. Yep. So, but yeah. Times when we were in uh, hotels and we had two rooms. He'd been <laughs> one, three of us being another. Yes. And <sighs> without fail, without fail, it'd be in the morning, be sitting on the bed, watching TV, you know, watching stuff we wanted to watch, like cartoons or something. He'd come in 
grab the remote, sit on the bed, and just flip whatever he wanted. Yeah. Didn't matter. Did that matter. We were sitting there in the middle of something. We're like, now, don't you have a room? Yeah. Next door? Yeah. And I remember near near the end of our trips, one of the last few times in a motel, we refused to give up the remote. That's right. <laughs> now, here's the thing with Brent. His communication skills were lacking. Yes. He would much rather snap, whistle, or grunt at you mm -hmm. to get your attention or have you do something. And so when he came into the room looking for that remote, he'd snap and point or grunt and point mm -hmm. and just expect you to hand it over. And one of the last times he did that, I remember just saying, no, <laughs> we're going to watch this yeah. and hanging on to the remote physically. Yeah. Because the minute I put it down, you know it was going to be taken. Yep. But yeah, fine. it took years to finally get to that point. It's like, no. Yeah. This is our room, our TV. If you want to watch whatever, go next door. And oh. was, it, was it because he thought he had a run of everything because he paid for it? Because he paid for it. Is that why? Okay. That's what it was. And this may lead into our fallout story. Right. Because he actually brought that up in the heat of the moment. In anger. And the truth often comes out when you're angry. Sure. And you start yelling things <laughs> at people. But um, there was one other, there's one other very memorable trip I remember. And it was to a mink farm. Oh, yeah. Now, if you don't know what a mink is, it's a weasel. Yeah. It's of the weasel family. Like a uh, stoat or, you know, a mongoose. It's a horrible little creature. They are vicious, they are mean, they are horrible, and they are loud. But above all that, they stink. Yes. Now, a stinky mink farm <laughs> is something you have to smell to believe. Mm -hmm. So we pulled up, and again, I don't know how he gets in contact with an owner of a mink farm. Maybe just, it had to be for a tractor reason. Probably. And so we pull up to this thing. His uh, friend comes trucking out to talk to him. He rolls down the window. And I almost immediately vomit. Yeah. Almost instantly. Instantly. All three of us. I guess Brent was used to it or something. Because I remember all three of us just covering our mouths almost immediately. Or it would have been just vomit for days. Because... <laughs> That smell is nothing like you have ever smelled until you've smelled it. And once you do, you'll never forget it. Everything else pales yeah. in comparison. Like like skunk, any of that. It's I'll take a skunk over a mink. Fresh skunk. Fresh yeah. roadkill skunk. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not even close to what this mink farm was. Yes. Now it took us probably an hour, hour and a half to get used to it mm -hmm. to where we would we ended up outside jumping on the trampoline with their kids right in front of the, where the meat cages were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just squealing and making horrible, vicious sounds. But, like I said, above all that, the smell of a mink is just a nightmare for sure. So, yeah. So, okay. Set all this up. Let's just say we spent a lot of time with the man. Yes. For... 25 
close to 30 years. I Easily. Yep. And a lot of that on the road, in close quarters, driving, talking. Yeah. Um, and until that point, being very agreeable sure. and cordial for the yeah, most part. Yeah, yeah. Because did, you and I did make fun of him quite a bit. We did. Yeah. We did. I mean, he... He knew he was he was the butt of a few jokes. Sure, I mean he knew it, yeah. and and there were times where he embraced it. There were times where he was very enjoyable. Yeah, I mean where he could make you laugh, and he knew it. Like <laughs> driving through Vegas, and he started doing his arm dance to Neil Diamond. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> and when I say arm dance, is because that's all that was moving. Just the arm. He was driving with one arm, and then doing this weird, like you could see what I'm doing right now. But, uh, you know, jutting his arm out and moving it around like a dance to Neil Diamond. And it was the funniest thing because it was so unlike him. We're talking cowboy, far west yeah. city, plain city, tractor salesman. And for him to move at all with any sort of joviality to music. Apparently, according to mom, he was a good dancer. And that's the other thing. He's like, what are you talking? That's, that's like we were talking about with dad the last episode where his artistic abilities. It's yeah. something they claim, yeah. but you never saw. Nope. But I, I do remember her saying that. It's like, oh, he can dance. Like, Can he? Can he, though? In yeah. those tight jeans? Yeah, yeah. In those boots? <laughs> are you talking line dancing? Because I would agree with that. There were a few times, my very first concert I ever went to was Neil Diamond, went to with him. He, yes. he would get up and he would shake it a bit, but it wasn't <laughs> anything amazing. <laughs> it wasn't like watching Fred Astaire or anything, he was just no. doing what everybody else was. Yeah, it's not like they would turn the spotlight on him and say, yeah. look at this man. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd move to the beat. Yeah, that's, that's true. But yeah, so there were trips, there were, like I said, concerts, jazz games, um, and he paid for it all. Yeah. I mean, let's let's not mince words here. The man paid for everything. Food, lodging, gas, entertainment. Mm -hmm. It was all... And he usually had the cash to do it yeah. in his wallet. Yeah. And so I'm taking nothing away from him. He was very good to our mom and to us. For years. Yeah, we never would have seen half of this stuff. Oh, no. For him. And financially, he helped us out. He would, he gave us, um, you know, little financial gifts here and there for graduations. Yeah. And all, all respect to the man. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Don't get me wrong before I get into this next story. Sure. <laughs> the fallout. The fallout. Because after this happened... We were never the same. No. And it was shortly after. And I have to take a monochrome of responsibility for the ending of the relationship. I don't think we ever took a vacation after that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I think, I think there was something bubbling underneath the surface with all of us. Mm -hmm. Because, and I will say, up until this point... There had been a couple other disagreements with our older siblings between them and Brent. Yes. Guy had one. Our sister had one. 
next in line was me. Right. And so here we go. Where were we headed? Because I think I remember. I want to see if you remember. Was it, was it the Dead Horse Point trip? Dead Horse Point. Okay. That was it. Now, if you're not, not familiar with Dead Horse Point, go watch Mission Impossible 2. Yes. When he's climbing the mountain. That's Dead Horse Point. Also, I think Thelma and Louise? That's right. They the took off the car? They took off the car. Yeah, same place. Yep, yeah. right there, Dead Horse Point. So, watch that. Because you can go there, and you can walk right up to where that all took place, yep. and you can see it. And this now, this, this was the scene. This is the, the scene. I'm I'm setting the scene. <laughs> we make our way down there to Dead Horse Point, and there's several things to do. Mm -hmm. um, we took a pontoon boat. Yep. <laughs> yep. We uh, you know got educated that they brought over some sort of African plant that took over the entire ecosystems right yeah 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 and they can't kill it down there it's it thrives they tried to burn it rip it out it's just taking everything over i remember that i remember asking the uh the captain of the pontoon boat if it goes any faster no there's a governor on it that you know allows it to go x mm -hmm. amount anyway that was after the fallout so what had happened we made our way to the actual point we did dead horse point now, there are two things to do there, from what I remember. The lookout mm. and a trail. Yes. Off to the right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> All these things are off to the right. That's how I remember the direction. It could be the other way. I don't know. But it is a canyon rim trail. Mm -hmm. And you can take it goes for about a mile. Yeah, it was quite a ways. Now, was it a mile out and back, or was it just a mile round trip? I remember walking a long way. It may have been out. It may have been a mile out and then a mile a back. Mile back, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. would explain the frustration why it was taking us so long to get back. Because Brent and Mom stayed at the lookout. They did. And we decided, I don't think we even, did we tell them? I don't think we told them. We just took off down the trail. Because that's all there was to do. Yeah. Nobody said we were doing anything else. Nobody said, hey, stay close. We're going to do this and then we're going to go. They didn't say that. Right. They said, we're here. So we got out. You see the one thing, the lookout, and then there's the other thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, let's do the other thing. Yeah. And so you and I held it head off down this canyon rim trail. And we're out there for a while. It's it's a good walk. It's terrifying. It is. For you. For me. <laughs> you happen to walk over to the edge <laughs> of a canyon, uh -huh. straight face down to your death type canyon, and yep. look over the edge. Yep. That haunts my nightmares to this day. And I don't exaggerate that. <laughs> Anytime I think about that, I go into a mini panic attack because I swear you were going to die. Yeah. There's going to be a strong gust of wind. A huge come up. gust of wind is going to push you off <laughs> the edge of this canyon and you're going to plummet to your death. I still do that to this day. Where Tom Cruise yep. filmed his... or where, You could have redone Thelma and Louise just without yep. the car. Thelma and Louise myself right off the edge. That's right. Yep. And so while you were doing that, I head off back behind a rock because I didn't want to see the inevitable death. 
And so it's I funny hide. how you power in the face of I do. danger. I do. I don't want to watch. Behind box, that's right. Box. I don't want to watch what's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll deal with the aftermath, sure. but I don't want to sure. see what's going to happen. Sure. So, so we ended up walking. We walk and we walk. It's like, well, this is cool. Maybe we should head back. So we turn around. We do the whole trail. Walk back. And as we approach, um, I'd say a good 50 to 100 yards away. Yeah. We're down low on this on this trail. Up above us is a little is a little mountainous outcropping. Where stands Brent? Man friend Brent. Man friend Brent is there waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Now why is he waiting for us? I'm trying to think. We're, we were gone for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think we said where we were going right i think that was part of it that's part of it part of it is not not only that he claimed that mom was in a panic that she didn't know where we were and maybe she thought that we'd plummeted to our doom sure off off the canyon off the cliff face and so he's up there hands on his hips and he lays into us to me specifically, to I you. guess. Yeah. <laughs> and now keep in mind, at this time, I am 21 years old. Sure. And so it's not like we're back in the day where I'm 13, 14. Yeah. I have found my voice. And it's not going to be silent. Right. Especially if you come at me and start yelling, which is what he technically was doing. Now, he's not known for yelling. Yeah. I think thinking back... I never heard him yell once. No. Until very that, soft-spoken guy. Until that point. And if there was yelling going on, he wasn't the one involved. And he would remove himself. I don't know if it was just the time of day, or maybe he was worried. Because we, we'd known him for so long, maybe he was invested in our well-being. And he was worried as well sure. that we were gone for so long. So I... As I come back and he's sitting there waiting, he just lays into me asking me, where were you? Like, well, we went down this path, went down the trail. You didn't tell us where. Your mom has been worried. Yeah. yeah, You should have said something. And I point up at him and I said, if my mom is worried about me, she can talk to me about it. Yep. He looks down at me and says, don't you point your finger at me. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. I see where this is going. And so at that point, now the memory's a little fuzzy here. I, I just at some point, maybe it was after that when he said, "Don't point your finger." You did it again, and you yelled, "Hey!" You're probably right. And pointed at him and just stared, and That's, then kept walking. You're probably right. I remember. I'm going to bring him like, "Hey!" <laughs> you're right. That's something I would do. You're you're exactly right. I probably did that, and so. We end up just walking away, just ignore him, and he yep. stands there, and out of the corner of my eye, I can see him just standing there watching us yep. as I walk past him with this look on his face like, oh, how dare you right. walk away from me? No so, one walks away from man, friend, friend. No one until that point. And so he storms off back to the uh, motorhome, and at this point, we see in the distance that he's entering the motorhome, 
and the motorhome door gets shut very loudly. And so we're about to face the music here. Yeah. And so we well, start. You are. I am. For some reason. Let, let me let me just <laughs> clarify this whole story. This is all me. Yeah. You're just along for the ride. You're just in tow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't face any of the wrath. It was all you. Because at this point, you'd be, what, 14? 14, 15. 14, 15 yeah, years yeah, yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I guess because I was the older brother, I was supposed to be responsible. Right. But anyway, in my 20s. And so we start walking back toward the, the motor home. And I say something, or you say something. It's like, well, here we go. <laughs> so I, well. Sounds like something to say. We're about, we're about to do this. Here we go. And so we open the door and go into the motor home. And mom is cowering on the little seat next to the motorhome table. Mm -hmm. And she looks up at me from the corner of her eye and looks over at him. And I sit down and I say something like, and, and I'm trying to remember. It's like, do we want to talk about this or do you have something to say? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Along those lines. At and this point, I'm headed to the back you had of the to, I was about to say that. At this point, you to headed the to, the, to the kitchen or to the bathroom. <laughs> you shut yourself in out of the way. And he goes off on me saying, um, again, that mom was worried and how dare you and you don't talk to me that way and uh, and he and I said something along the lines of you have no right to talk to me you're not my dad yeah yep the infamous line you're not my dad yep. and if my mom wants to talk to me about something she can do it and he says that's right I'm not your dad god damn it and I'm like whoa that's right because number one, I'd never heard him cuss in my life. Number two, it was in front of my mom, which I just took an affront to. Yeah. And so I <laughs> said, don't you dare swear in front of my mom. And if you are, you should be praying. <laughs> or, or something along the lines of, don't you you know, say say God in front of my along those lines. Unless you're praying or something like that. That's right. Yep. And he's he goes off on me about how... I spent all this money to bring you guys on this trip and, you know, to try to show you that you show me this kind of disrespect. And I'm like, disrespect? Yeah. What do you think you're doing right now? Yeah. And so we go back and forth for a while. Mom's in tears. You're gone in a corner somewhere. I'm in the back I, of the kitchen. In the back. <laughs> probably enjoying the scene from a distance. <laughs> and uh, so we finished the argument just by... Us stopping. Yeah. That's it. I, th I think we just... It may have been somebody's mid-sentence. It just stopped. Mm -hmm. And then he, in a huff, got in the driver's seat and started driving away. Oh, he did? I remember. He said, do you just want to go home? That's what he asked me. You just want to go home right now? I was like, seriously? Yeah. You think... At this point, if I say yes, you're just going to turn on this motorhome and drive us, you know, eight, nine, twelve hours back home. Yeah, we're at the bottom of the state, and, <laughs> and we live at the top. That's right. Yeah, yeah. let's just yeah. That's akin to don't make me turn this car around. Yeah, you know, when you're like five feet from Disneyland, it's like no, I'm not buying it. Yeah. 
Sure, let's just go so, home. Yeah, let, let's do that. Yeah. I spent all that money. Rah, rah, rah. And so he's and those so he storms off into the driver's seat, starts it up and drives off at an incredible rate of speed because mm -hmm. he's mad. Right. And so he doesn't say a word, but we end up going to the pontoon boat after that. And so we all get in there. It's awkward now. Yes. It's super awkward. Nobody's saying anything. And so I end up, that's when I asked my question of the conductor. And that's the first word I've said for a while. It's a, finally, we end up getting into the motorhome and, and driving off. And I think we start heading, we actually do start heading home after that. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. Were we at a motel? Oh, no, because we had the motorhome. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just started heading home. I'd say probably an hour and a half, two hours in, in dead silence, for the most part, he pulls off the side of the road and jumps out of the car and starts pacing back and forth off the side <laughs> of the road. I have no memory. I don't remember that. He's mad. And so he's pacing, hands on hips, shaking his head. And mom goes out after him and tries to comfort him about the whole thing. And he's shaking his head. She's like patting his back. And I'm just sitting there looking, shaking my head. Like, I don't give a crap now. Yeah. Again, 21 years old, legally an adult. Yeah. You know, I spoke my mind. You don't come at me like that. Like I'm still 14. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You, you were 21. Uh, there's nothing, even if he was our dad there's nothing he could say no you were 21 that's right i made a decision yeah and that's the point that i tried to make to him later when things cooled down because mm -hmm. eventually we made it back to his his shop where he kept all of his stuff yeah boats four-wheelers motorhome snowmobile snowmobile probably a hidden wife and another family <laughs> in one of his mysterious buildings <laughs> that we never got into but dead uh bodies. dead bodies yeah. you know skin cats up on hooks yeah. and all that kind of thing. and so he starts cleaning out the motorhome or the boat and i'm not sticking around so i go out and we're not leaving until mom's ready to go mm -hmm. so there's nothing for me to do so i just start pacing you know wandering around the dirt out yeah. there in his shop and he finds me he comes out after me to talk to me and the first thing he says, are you okay? Like, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what he says to me. Well, my dad always used to talk to me like that. <sighs> and again, I was, I was a little more patient at this point. I turned to him and said, Brent, that's the difference. You're not dad. Yeah said, I appreciate everything you've done. I give you all the respect in the world. But you don't talk to me that way. I made up my own mind. I'm old enough to do so. If there's a problem between me and my mom, you're out of it. Right. You have nothing to do with it. Right. And at this point, he's calmed down too. He's like, yeah, I understand. You know, all this. And so eventually we uh, end on fairly cordial terms. Um. But I, I, I tried to explain to him, look, this is what we did. This is where we were. This is the only other thing to do. What was the problem? Yeah. And he kept re 
referring back to mom. Well, she was open terms. Like, then let her deal with it. Yeah, let her speak. You need to back off. Because I think even in the heat of the moment, I may have told him he's like just a taxi. He just takes. I think that's why he went off about uh, you know how he spends all the yeah, money yeah, and whatnot. <laughs> glorified bus driver. But uh, yeah, and so after that, I never went on another trip. His visits became less. He he was hardly over for Christmas anymore, to where he used to like sleep on the floor. Yep. During Christmas Eve, yep. he, that stopped. Because I think he realized that whatever he was to that point, he was no longer that. Right. Whether it was a, a father figure, some sort of provider, a protector, or something. Because, again, to his credit, he, he's very loyal. He's very protective. Yes. Of what he considers, you know, not only his, but what he's a part of. And so he was very protective of us as a family. Sure. And, you know, with him being a part of it. And so once all that came to a halt and he could sense that, he just backed off. And uh, it just slowly fizzled away after that. But I think I was the... Uh, catalyst? Catalyst. Yeah. I lit the fuse there. That brought the whole building down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, it was Ugh. it was time, you know. Like you're saying, there there was stuff boiling, bubbling under the surface there that anything could have set it off. It just happened to be you, right? You know, if um, it wasn't me, it could have been you. Yeah, if it wasn't you, it could have been mom. Exactly. And and something had had to change. You know, we weren't we weren't kids anymore. You know, we weren't, at, at this point, we started to have our own lives and do other things. Right. And he was just, he was never really a father figure. Um, he was always just a friend. He was Brent. He was Brent. <laughs> he was man friend Brent. Yeah. And that's all I ever thought of him. But I think in his mind, he was something else. And that became apparent with what he said. Yeah. Where it's like, my father used to talk to me like this, or, you know, you know, pointing at me saying, you know, your mother and this and that. It's like, who do you think you are, though? Yeah. You know? And that's, that's always rough in that kind of situation. And, you know, I have nothing but sympathy and empathy for these guys that get into this pre-made family relationship. Sure. And somehow make it work. Yeah. Because thinking what would have happened had they actually married... Uh-huh. It's hard to wrap my head around that ending well at all yes. for anyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or no, it's right. or it's succeeding because I don't see that happening. And especially with how mom is now very independent. Yes. Very set in her ways. Mm -hmm. This is the way things are. And she was that to a degree back then. Yeah. And so just imagining, you know, putting him into that picture and adding that other piece, I'm not sure it would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. And and since then he stuck around for a bit, but he kind of like you said, he kinda of backed off. Um 
I think he was helping mom with house payments for a bit when she was out of work. And after that, after she got a job and, and was paying for everything, and he just vanished. He was gone. There was a final, a semi-final discussion they had. He had come over with her allowance, I guess you could say. Right. And on the way out, she noticed that he had, he, he was in a different kind of a mindset. His mood was different. Mm. And he turned to her and he said, you know, I can't keep providing for you forever. And walked away. Wow. And she was taken back by that. And I think she called him later or something like that and said, listen, I never asked you to. Right. It's like, I appreciate what you did. But that was not something I ever asked, nor did I expect it. So for you to say that was rude. Yes. Kind of <laughs> First off. Yeah. And insulting. So it all just uh, ended yep. very quickly. Last time I ever saw him, was it grandma, grandma's funeral or grandpa's funeral? I think it was grandpa's. I think you're right. I think it was grandpa's funeral. So I was trying to remember if he was actually there for it, but she was. I think he was. I know it was for hers. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. By the way. It was at one of those. Yeah. Was the last time where I, I saw him as well. But then there are those rumors that people keep seeing him here and there. And, you know. He's become like Bigfoot. He has. With our family. He has. Both in legend and in size, from what I hear, too. But. <laughs> there was a rumor he had MS for a bit. I he did hear that. that magically. Or... <laughs> that magically got cured. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? And, uh, you know, it's, it's still stated that he's out in a million dollar home and just existing, just existing since the ending of the company. Yeah. So, but yeah, but thus, thus ends the story of man, friend, Brent. man, friend, Brent and the <laughs> jaunt around the United States. <laughs> <laughs> but again, just, just to reiterate he took us everywhere and uh you know if you ever hear that song i've been everywhere by hank snow or johnny cash i mean that's that's us that was us yep you know you know you get into somebody's car have you ever seen a road with so much dust and sand it's like <laughs> listen <laughs> i've been every road in this here land yeah some you've never even heard of yeah. so we've been all over and it's 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 left us with a catalog of memories, that's for sure, that's for as sure. you can tell. So, And this was only the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. Of our travels and journeys with man friend Brent. Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't even get into our accommodations in the motorhome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we got close. We did. I think, uh, I think our trips with Brent helped us uh, get close in our relationship. So many ways. So, so <laughs> many ways. Emotionally, physically, physically yeah. <laughs> I I may have woken up a couple times, with my arms around you, <laughs> oh. having slept Whatever. so very close. Whatever. It's like when you sleep on a shelf. I mean, <laughs> you don't have a lot of room. A yeah. shelf probably only built 
one. That's right. So you have to spoon, and you know, you do what you do. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, you know, when you, you got to go big, you know, you got to <laughs> crawl over people and just make sure you whisper it. Got to go big. Oh man. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, that's good through this episode. Wow, that was a trip. That was a trip down memory lane. That is a couple things that I didn't even think about or haven't thought about yep. for a long time. Long. So, um, come back next episode to uh, hear the brothers ramble. <laughs> uh, until then, have a good one. I'm Troy. And I'm Andy. See you later. <laughs>